You're listening to What the Folklore, making sense of senseless tales. Hello everyone and welcome back to What the Folklore, making sense of senseless tales. I am your reader, Carmen. I'm Tyler. I'm Gordy. Oh right, I do that. Yeah. I mean, and <laughs> we can we can we can pass the torch if you want. Yeah, let's see what you got. Anybody, jump in. What do we do? Tyler, your turn. Cap of rushes. Cap of rushes. Cap, Cap of rushes. Wrong, wrong. Cap of rushes. Wrong, right. wrong. In one way you're right. In another yes. way you're wrong. Cap of rushes. You're, you're rushing it right now. Okay, stop. I will, I'll mute your channel. <laughs> I can do that now. Anybody who makes a pun, you get muted. Well, Tyler's Tyler, going to spend the whole I'll see you next week. <laughs> silent. Um, yeah, we Carmen is going to read to Tyler and I. Uh, Kappa Rushes. Kappa Rushes this week. It's it's a strange fairy tale because we're going to dive into like the backwoods of folklore. No Disney stuff. No good stuff. Just the weird stuff. Maybe maybe eventually some Disney stuff, but the weirder versions of it that you probably have not. Yeah, heard. we try to bring you things you may not have heard before. I I especially am bringing you two things you've not heard of before. Right, it's hopefully to everybody sometimes. else. I've heard of Kappa Rushes. I have heard of Kappa Rushes as well. To be fair, it, it's one of Disney's first films, actually, to feature Mickey Mouse. I mean, that's what... It's just a fun animation fact for it's, you. It's the rest of Steamboat Willie, right? <clears throat> like, Steamboat Willie was the was the, like the teaser. The what now? The rest of Steamboat Willie. Is that the American title? Of Kappa Rushes? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Steamboat Willie was, I, as far as I understand, <clears throat> it was the first, like, few minutes of, like, Mickey on the boat. Uh-huh. But that was, that was, like, you know how Pixar <clears throat> yeah. does the shorts beforehand? Mm-hmm. That That was... The short before Kappa Rushes. Right. The seminal seminal animated film. Yeah. Kappa so, Rushes. So would you like to the tell me... The landmark animated <clears throat> film. Would you like to tell me what Kappa Rushes, the Disney animated film featuring Mickey Mouse, mm-hmm. is about plot-wise? It's about a car that drifts real good. It's it's very deeply political. <laughs> Disney Disney got, uh, got very into this idea of like intellectual montage. Um, so it's all all about like communism and the workers taking control of the state and you know class warfare and stuff like that. There's a there's a very famous scene on a staircase where a uh, baby stroller just like careens down this long staircase and there are all these people there and yeah it's kind of a fusion of Battleship Potemkin and um, whatever that Sergei Eisenstein movie is and and the baby stroller has eyes. Is that the same thing? Maybe that's the same movie. Did Eisenstein do Battleship Potemkin? Maybe I crossed a wire in my head. I'm going to Google <laughs> something. You keep talking. So Kappa Rushes, huh? Yep. Uh, this is an English fairy tale. It was originally published by Joseph Jacobs. The version I have is from the book Women, Folk, and Fairy Tales, edited by Rosemary Menard. Uh, this is officially given the Arne Thompson type 510B, Unnatural Love. Uh, kind of shares an Arn Thompson type with uh, Cinderella. 510 is Cinderella and Cap of Rushes, the persecuted heroine. Uh, I, not being a folklorist, but uh-huh. being someone who has officiously burst into the folklorist society shouting at the top of my lungs, I like this stuff! 
I'm going to do stuff with it. Gimme, gimme. I think that it also bears a little bit of resemblance to um, 923 Loving the Salt. How's the shoe game? What? How's the shoe game if it's a Cinderella? Oh, I don't know. It's mostly a cat game right now. Like a head one? Yeah. I have an update. Sergei Eisenstein did do Battleship Potemkin. I was talking about one movie. I'm saying Disney did Battleship Potemkin, but animated. (laughs) Go watch it. It's pretty good. Okay. Well, that being said, that's more information than we've given about any of our folktales in a long time. So let's just get to the story. Go. We're not going to like riff on it for a while. I mean, you're looking up Battleship Potemkin. And Tyler knows that if he puns too much, he gets muted. So I don't riff away if you want, but you got to get on that now. Sergei Eisenstein was the protege of another Russian filmmaker named Kuleshov, who discovered the Kuleshov effect. You which, can't just avoid the story. Which is that if you if you juxtapose images together, people create associated meanings. Uh-huh. And he did the study by showing the same image of a human face juxtaposed with... I think like a bowl of food and a young woman and a third thing. And people thought that the expression changed after each juxtaposition, but it didn't. I remember this from film class. Yeah, he did a lot of work with like editing and proving that people could make these connections. Uh huh. We're going to read the story can, now. Can I share a pun contextless that I came up with during the Ramblecast <laughs> Yeah. didn't say? Yeah, okay, you get one. Pride and Prejudice don't do that anymore. Can you work on the delivery? <laughs> Pride and Prejudice don't do that anymore. Yeah, it's all right. Pride and Prejudice don't do that anymore? As opposed to Pride and Prejudice? <laughs> Pride and... Where, what's, where's the pun? <laughs> that... I, I think that's more a, a poorly done portmanteau. <laughs> Pride and yeah. Prejudice and that. <laughs> Better... Ish. Okay. For I'm a not... given value of better, <laughs> you're getting closer to pun territory. Pride and prejudistopia, more like. There we go. <laughs> that's that's, that's a, the winner. That you got. There's your one. Okay, we're muting you now. Bye, everyone. See you next week. <laughs> We're going to read this story, Gordy. No more procrastinating. Kappa rushes. We're going in. We'll see. <laughs> Once there was a rich gentleman who had three daughters. And one day he gets into his head and he needs to know how to Hey, guess what we're not listening to? Gordy? Hey, Tyler. What's up? Gordy? What do you want to talk about? <laughs> I don't want to do this one. You have to talk so I can get this right again. Okay. Is, is this fine? Can you hear me? You got yourself into this. Yeah, mess. that's fine. Okay. How that's much did I, How much did I did I get out before you muted me? Three words, maybe. Okay, I'm just gonna start over. Uh, once there was a rich gentleman who had three daughters, and one day he gets into his head that he uh, has to know how fond they are of him. Because when you're a rich gentleman, you're the only thing that matters. Which one fucks a sheep? Yeah. What? <laughs> Hold on. Back up a second. What's up? Where where is this coming from, Tyler? Remember that first story we read? Oh yeah, it sounds like that yeah, one. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that was a little. Yeah, bit. get to the, get to that part. <laughs>
so he asked the first. Wait, I have a question. <laughs> <laughs> is this a great episode? Is this, so is this man? Look, listeners, we're doing this for you. You don't want to hear this. We don't want to hear it. <laughs> That's what well, you say about every it? folk tale I offer you. We're gonna make this so unpleasant <laughs> to listen to. Um, that we just won't put the episode up. Um, is this guy their father? Yes. Okay. That's why. That was the question. That's why they're his daughters. I didn't. That's how that works. I think you said that when I muted you. I said it twice. Well, and it's also only one sentence. <laughs> well, I can't explain. I can explain. Where is your label maker? Um, you, you obviously need to take notes. No, it's okay. I'll make it. Okay, so he asks his first daughter, he the father, asks his first daughter, Is there a mom? How much do you love me, my dear? And she says to him, Why, as much as I love my own life. And he says, All right, that's good. Reasonable. So he asks the second daughter the same question. She says, Better than all the world. And he said, Yep, on it. Right answer. And then he asks the third daughter, and she says, Why, I love you as fresh meat loves salt. And he gets mad, says, You don't love me at all, and kicks her straight out of the house. It's not good enough. She is on he, sheep path. He doesn't like meat with salt? I guess not. Or he just doesn't... He doesn't get her. <laughs> he doesn't He doesn't get her desires, I guess. She's, she's the black sheep of this family. And she's going to go, see, there you go. There's the sheep. There's yeah. the sheep connection. This is going to be an, an echo of things past. It's not, not going to quite hit things past, but it will whisper the dark secrets of those tales. Hey, let's do a tangent. <laughs> you remember? Yeah, I remember when we used to do those. Uh, what yeah, like last week. What would you guys say to him? To the dad? Yeah. Um, and this isn't your real dad. This is this dad. This is okay. Wait, what was the second one? The second one was "I love you better than all the world." Okay, so my own life, all the world, salt, and somewhere between all the world and meat and salt. Mm-hmm. No, no, I mean it doesn't have. To, you don't have to put it on this scale. I know, but I'm I'm trying to find like where the cutoff is. Well, well, what what would Gordy say? Well, whatever lets me stay inside. To, well, you you don't know the con. You're meta gaming this. You don't know yeah. the consequences of okay, saying the fine. wrong thing. Um. Uh, I I love you more than the other two don't, which is a lot. And then I'm the favored son. Tyler. <laughs> then it's just me. I don't know if I'm the oldest in this scenario, but I'm clearing the way for inheritance. I would have said that I love you less than a poopy butthole. And then kick flipped my skateboard out of there. Cool. So you like, you're saying you like poopy buttholes more? Mm-hmm. You're saying you don't, you don't. this dad. You don't need his approval is no. what you're saying. Yeah. Because you have a skateboard. And a better dad. What's, what stickers <laughs> do you got on there? Who's your, oh. who's your board company? Uh, who, spo- who sponsors your wheels? You, d- you <laughs> dug yourself into quite the hole, huh, Tyler? <laughs> Nose man. Nose, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nose man pro skater six. Nose man pro skater six. The nose dive extreme. That's the model that I, that I kick. That I kick when I flip. That's what I grind on. What's your skateboard like? 
I do roller. Got, I'm a rollerblade. You're a rollerblade. You're you got, a, one of those people at the park. What? You don't. Do you take it off? No, I can't say that. That's from that movie. I was going to ask you about the jumps that you do, but I have not yet in my life quoted Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> I'm not going to start now, even if it was an accident. I'm not going to enable that movie. It's not good. It wasn't good when it came out, and it's still not good. I haven't seen it, so. I don't think it's worth it. But okay. What would you say to this dad, though? I'm sure someone will part. tell me otherwise. Get out of my room, Dad. Find your validation somewhere else. <laughs> Fine. Why don't you ask Mom? <laughs> That's what I would say. Where is she, Dad? She's the one who who. What promised. happened to her, Dad? She's the one who entered an agreement with you. I'm not here willingly. And then reneged on it, apparently. <laughs> She's not here. She either, she either died to get out of here or, <laughs> or just vanished. Because you kept asking her these stupid questions to help your own ego. So she's on her own in the world now. Yeah, she's been kicked out of her rich guy house. Just like Cricket. Oh. Bye, Cricket. Yeah, Gordy wanted to love you, and you had to show him that that's wrong. Just like this person in the story. What happens next? Uh, so she wanders on and on until she reaches a fin, gathers a bunch of rushes, which are a plant, and... Makes them into a kind of cloak with a hood to cover her head to foot and hide her fine clothes from Cap the world. rushes. Because she's, I guess, afraid of robbery. That's not unreasonable. So she, so goes, she fashioned a ghillie suit. Yes, she's... <laughs> she's she's she, army crawling her way down the riverbank. She put a ghillie suit over her, her nice sparkly dresses. And she goes until she uh, reaches a great house and she asks them if they want a maid. And they say... Uh, no swamp thing. (laughs) And she says, well, I have nowhere to go, and I will do any work you want for no pay at all. So she's going to go into that great service that we all know from straight out of high school or college, the unpaid internship. (laughs) Trick question. I started doing the work yesterday. I already live here. (laughs) I own this house. So they think about this, and you know, unpaid internships are always a pretty good deal for the uh, business owner. So they give it to her, um, scrubbing pots. So she stayed, and she did all the dirty work in this house. And they gave she gave them no name, so they just called her Capper Rushes. It's catchy. So one day there was a great dance not far off, and the servants were allowed to go and look at the rich people. Ooh. Allowed to? Yeah. yeah. That's fun. Kappa rushes, however, says, I'm too tired to go, and she stays behind. When she's alone, she ditches her rushes. She cleans herself up, and she goes to the dance more finely dressed than anyone, because apparently this dress has somehow survived living under a cape of swamp plants and uh, like months of scrubbing dishes and floors and on her hands and knees. Yeah, it's like a refrigerator. The, the cape? Yeah. For dresses only. <laughs> uh, it's a good service that you've just come up with. <laughs> Refrigerated dresses? Sometimes you like them. I think it's good in summer. You like them true. to be like nice and cool when you put it on. When is there the most moths? Moths? Yeah. Summer? Yeah, summer is generally bug August. season. August? Because then that's, that's when you got to protect those dresses. 
Especially the sparkly ones. By refrigerating them. Suckers are going to be all over that thing. Refrigerating our clothes might not be a bad move this summer. It's supposed to be the hottest one on record again. Every summer is going to be the hottest summer on record. Yeah, until our... (laughs) Until the heat death. Until we're a wasteland. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Scott Pruitt doesn't (laughs) believe that CO2 causes global warming. Okay. Keep going. Um, so her her master's son is at the dance, and he sees how hot she is and falls in love with her instantly and will only dance with her. What kind of moves does she kick? Um, she does that. The, Charleston? The uh, jitterbug? The um, the sprinkler. That's it? <laughs> She's got the sprinkler? She's got the sprinkler. Can and she do that real like, hot shit like, back then? Like the grocery store. Can um, she do the bus driver? Probably. That's a good one. The lawnmower? They say, they say that how you dance uh, is how you're going to do, you know, post-sex. <laughs> post-dancing, if, you, if you're... if you Downstairs kissing? Yeah, wet, downstairs kissing. Wet dancing? <laughs> wet. You know, you're gonna, how you're going to do wet dancing. Um, Moisture jigs. And, and, uh, and I think the bus driver shows... A lot of possibilities, because that's a very sexualized profession, isn't it? Yep, that's like maybe the most. You've seen my calendar. <laughs> you, I mean, you know that's all, like, all those sexy bus driver Halloween I mean, costumes that's like, that come out. That's like the stereotype, right? Yeah, one hundred and forty percent. It's like I mean, it's like you said, like grocery store clerks. What are they called? Grocers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's like that. Another, that's another very sexualized profession. Kind of like, like it's getting a little absurd, I think. Yeah, like, please, everyone, stop objectifying your grocers. They're just trying to check out your melons. They're not pieces of meat. They're selling them to you. They're selling and checking out your meat, but not like that. Not in the way that you might like them to. And the uniforms are revealing. I'll admit that. <laughs> but... It's just an apron, I think. Just an apron. It's just an apron, but it, whatever. Keep going. Okay, so before the dance is done, she slips out and she goes back home to put on her rushes and pretends that she was asleep the whole time. The next morning, the other maids come and tell her all about the fine lady that their master's son was dancing with. So they have another dance the next evening and all the same stuff happens. And the third dance... Most of the same stuff happens. The master's son is still super in love with her, but she wouldn't give her him her name. Not that it matters because she hasn't given them her name. Yeah, she as a she, servant. C- she could and still maintain cover. I think this is just a reason for the story not to have to name this friggin' character. <laughs> uh, so he gives her a ring and informs her that if he doesn't see her again, he will die. So Good high, melodrama. High yeah, stakes. we haven't had one of these in a while. So she slips away. Before the dances end, puts on her rushes and goes to sleep. So the master's son tried everything to find this girl, and there's no trace of her. So he gets worse and worse for love until he's bedridden. Have you guys? Like, it's a good way to get someone to fall in love with you is to make yourself a hostage to them. <laughs> like it's make yourself good, super sick. It's a good ploy, and it makes you look very attractive. <laughs> there's nothing like the pallor. Of a sickly, bedridden person who's like, I am so in love with you. I bet that could be a fashion movement, though. I mean, it's basically, like, that's 
That's the foundation of a new Twilight series. That's what heroin chic was, basically. Right? Yeah. Is it just called chic? Chic? Yeah. Yeah. Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye, Tyler. We're going to have one minute where Tyler's not allowed to talk for that. (laughs) Good. Okay, so... Um, the cook is instructed to make gruel for the young master because he's dying for the love of this random lady he danced with three times. The cook was making it when Cap of Rushes comes in and asks her what she's doing, and the cook tells her the whole situation, and Cap of Rushes offers to make the gruel instead. It takes a little bit of convincing. I'm totally not going to poison him. It's fine. I can operate a spoon. Yeah. Um, but the cook does give in, and Cap of Russia slips the ring into the gruel. It seems like a dangerous plan. It really does. It's like when you propose to somebody by hiding the ring in, in their food and just hope that they don't break a tooth on it or choke. You have 15 seconds. You're almost there. Uh, so the young man drinks the gruel and does not choke on this ring. He sees it, and he sends for the cook and asks if she made the gruel. And the crook was frightened and said, yes, I did. And the man looks at her and said, oh, God, fresh air. Did we learn anything? (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) You don't have to hold your breath for that. You can you can breathe. You just can't talk. I wasn't clear on the rules. (laughs) It's like going through a tunnel (laughs) or a graveyard. You have to you have to hold your breath. Or if you're me. When you were three years old, your aunt told you you had to roll down the window and hoot to keep the vampires away. <laughs> I think I like your aunt. <laughs> I like my aunt. Is this the one whose daughter is going to learn how to club fish? No, that's the other one. Okay. That's the other aunt. This is the one whose daughter started learning Latin when she was eight, I think. Yeah, your whole family seems ridiculous in the best way possible. <laughs> she's, she's a bright kid. Did you say club fish? Yeah. Like a dance hall? No, like with a club. Yeah, like seals, but fish. Less cute. She's she's <laughs> more, half... More socially acceptable. She's half plinket. Wait, why is that more socially acceptable than teaching da- uh, fish to dance? No, like, clubbing fish is more socially acceptable than clubbing seals. Why can't everything just learn to dance? That is a good question. Cricket learned. Sometimes. She's, she's pretty thick. <laughs> yeah, she's... She's half Tlingit Indian from Alaska. Not cricket. The- and her dad, <laughs> her dad is going to teach her to club fish one day. Anyway, it's a bit about my family. Um, so the crook, cook is frightened, says that yes, she did make the gruel. Um, the prince like gives her the elevator eyes and said, "Nah, nah, not you. You didn't." I could tell that from I, the elevator eyes. I think a ring hidden inside gruel is a good art piece. That's just symbolize something, right? I would like you to justify that statement. It's like a diamond in the rough. Yeah, beauty within. Looks like crap, but there's a ring in it. <laughs> Looks like crap, smells like crap, tastes <laughs> like crap. Eat. I guess there's something good about you, though. Eat Eat far enough, there you go. No matter how nasty a person might seem, if you dig far enough, you'll find... That little nug of good. You'll find a nug inside them. I don't know if you guys have seen these advertisements because you are probably not Facebook's target demographic for these advertisements. Try me. But there's like a company that does, I think it's candles with rings inside. 
like some of them are really va- like it's a a gamble candle. Some of the rings are are just crap rings that look nice, and then others are like valuable rings. I mean, I it's do a- <laughs> I do like the uh, the gamble in it. It's a it's a gachapon candle. I, g- what I, I guess was thinking. yeah. yeah. You spin the wheel of fate every time. So, yeah, you, you burn down this candle and eventually you expose a ring and um, and maybe it's worth $50,000. And those advertisements have <coughs> vanished slowly, so I, I don't know if the company is actually doing well. Yeah, probably because it was a crock of shit. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I wonder if that's a good way to... If, if you have an undesirable product that you need to... To push, put something valuable in it, or or the, lie that there is something valuable. Well, in it. put put a gamble of something like a lottery. Like you can buy a bunch of rings from Oriental Trading Company, little plastic rings for kids' parties, and then one or two nice middle middle ground rings, and then one really good ring, and then you like Willy Wonka that shit up in your gruel paste or whatever you're trying to sell to people. Like, can Whatever you that, need to move. That business model, could it work for <clears throat> boring products? <laughs> Very well could. I don't know if that would get me to the dentist or not. Do you think I could sell that as an art project? I don't know. Try it. You think MoMA would buy that? The art world is a fickle, fickle place. The art world is, yeah. Sometimes it seems like they have no standards. Thinking. And then and then you present them with a bowl of gruel with a ring in it, and suddenly they turn up your nose at you, <laughs> their nose at you. I I think if you presented it with the unfaltering confidence. Just lock eyes and don't break eye contact. Yeah, and lick your lips. Give them a little bit of that noise. I hope you heard that, everybody. (laughs) I'm sure they did. Uh, So he says, tell me who did make the gruel, and I promise you won't be harmed. (laughs) This is such a weird conversation. Why are they arguing about gruel? Um, So the cook tells him Caparushes is the one who made it, and he says, well, bring her to me. Kappa Rushes comes to see him. He asks her if she made the gruel. She says yes. He asks her where she got the ring. She says, from him who gave it to me. He asks her who she is, and she says, I'll show you. And then she takes off her rushes. Uh-oh. Revealing the fancy clothes beneath. Um, <laughs> Wait, she was Superman in it? Yeah. <laughs> That's the whole time. That's why I said it was... You said that the rushes were a refrigerator for dresses, so I thought you knew that that's how she was doing it. Yeah, but I thought she took the dresses off occasionally. No. And just left them under the rushes. No, how many dresses just, does she have? Just, Is it the, just one. the one? Just the one. Oh, I thought she had a collection. No, that's why I'm I'm saying it's weird that this is so much fancier than all the other ladies' dresses because she's been wearing it under swamp reeds and like scrubbing pots in it. For who knows how long. Well, yeah, it has a protective film over it. It's held up very well, yeah. <laughs> Saran wrap. I mean, it's. I guess there are benefits to living in a time when no one showered. So the master's son is cured at the sight of fancy clothing. Yeah. There's soon to be a wedding, and everyone is asked to come from far and near, which included Kappa Rush's father, but she still kept her identity a secret. What a weird time to have a wedding. In the world, I mean. Like, when you are when you are obligated to invite everyone around. Oh. Regardless of your relationship to them. Like, hey, there's a wedding happening. I guess show up for it. There will be food. So, before the wedding, she goes to the cook and says, Hey, cook, um, can you dress all of the dishes with no salt? 
And the cook says, that's going to be gross as hell. Yeah, but I need to teach a lesson. She's going to get back at daddy. And she says, that doesn't signify. Pulls one of the bridezilla things, I like to imagine. Mm -hmm. Um, And the cook gives in. Because when you're dealing with a bridezilla, you have to. So the wedding happens. And after the marriage, everyone sat down to dinner. But when they got to the meat, it was so tasteless that no one could eat it. Then Caparesha's father um, tries more of the dishes that have no salt, and then he just bursts out crying at the table. So the master's son slash Caparesha's now husband asks, what the hell is wrong with you, random stranger? And he says, he, he tells them all about how his daughter told him that she loved him like meat loves salt, and he kicked her out of the house and like screwed her over, but now he gets it. Uh, she loves me more than any of the others because you just can't have meat without salt and now she may be dead for all I know so I screwed up big so Kappa rushes reveals her true identity she's dressed nice now like is she just is she not dressed in the fancy dress I mean I'm assuming she's in a wedding dress Maybe Does she doesn't... take the wedding dress off and the fancy dress is underneath again? <laughs> Maybe. So the dad can recognize or her? She, or she gets naked and points out the birthmark. That <laughs> <laughs> shows who she really is. I don't know. It looks like a salt shaker. Anyway, they all live happily ever after. Yep, they sure do. Paid for by Salt Co. <laughs> this is just a long ad. For Morton Salt. For sodium. For, for big sodium. <laughs> we'll, yeah, we'll get into that. After you listen to this, this palate <laughs> cleanser musical bumper. I do think that's a good place to start. Big sodium. Big sodium is controlling everybody. In in this uh, townhood, anyway. I mean, this, they, yeah. they got a good grip on like our townhood, too. I mean, I I certainly do appreciate having access to salt, but I think it's a little I think it's a little excessive for this man, like this grown man with three children, to start crying because his food is unsalted. He's not crying because the food. He unsalted. is crying he's, because his food is unsalted. He's crying because he might have murdered his daughter because he didn't think about how salt works. No, he puts <laughs> yeah, but he puts it in his mouth. He's like, "This is terrible. I was wrong." But it was the salt, or the lack of salt. This lady ruined her wedding for a passive-aggressive <laughs> she, point. She did. And, I, and I'm, I'm glad we're taking a moment to, to appreciate that she never lost sight of that. Like, she, she might have married this guy just to pull this off. Right, like, she knew invitations are going to get sent out to everywhere. She, she was not very into this guy. No, there was never any indication that she fell in love with him. Yeah, he didn't, like, do anything to win her over. No, he just, he danced with her, gave her a ring, threatened suicide, essentially, and then got real yeah. sick. Yeah, and so, so maybe she thought, like, well, he's really sick, he's probably gonna die, I can inherit all his stuff, and I can get back at Dad, I can show him who he was messing with. I just like that she ruined everyone's meal. Just, <laughs> yeah, to, just to make to sure. Prove, to prove a point. <laughs> to humiliate her father. Right. Because yeah. most, most of these tales seem to target... Most of these tales seem to target the one. Mm-hmm. Like, 
make sure that guy gets no salt. And she's like, no one. No, no one gets no. salt on my wedding day. No one gets it. I love no one like meat loves salt anymore. Because last time I loved someone, he kicked me out. Yeah, let's let's examine that for a bit. She 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 at least claimed that she loved her father very, very much. How does that reconcile now? Is is that what led to this extreme decision for a saltless marriage? <laughs> yeah, do you think there's like some severe psychological trauma like that came of uh confessing her feelings for her father and then getting kicked out of the house for it? I like I like the idea of living a saltless life like and this being just, the backstory of it. Like this just, is a character trait and then we learn later in the in the story why that this why this person consumes no sodium. She just forced she swore off all salt yes. after mention of salt landed her in a homeless situation in the fins. She won't even look at the fucking ocean. She is the mother to a saltless race. <laughs> A brand new people who have no sodium in their bodies whatsoever. Yeah, they that, they become kill you straight dead. Huh? That'll kill you straight dead. Having no sodium? Yeah. Not them. What if they're mutants? What if they're just like that? <laughs> what if they have to excrete all of the sodium in their body? Because they can't have it. Like they they just they basically sweat what well, we do sweat salt. But it's in yeah. lump form. And then, <laughs> like a jelly. And then yeah. Big Sodium <laughs> finds is... out about this family and starts mining them. Yeah, they, they enslave they them. sodium paste. They enslave them and just have them sweat into salt shakers. And then that's that's the new salt mine. Their profits go up. General Eisenhower gives them all medals. America is saved. Cold War is won. How does she feel about <laughs> slugs? She's probably fine. A kinship? Sure, yeah. <laughs> She's she's the slug of heroines. Well, she she did assume a slug-like form, in a way. Under the, the cap of rushes? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure she got a little slimy under that. Being a swamp dweller. She was only a swamp dweller for a little bit. Well, she, she, she cosplayed as one. <laughs> and we don't know. Do we know how long it was until she found the... The... Wherever she ended up? The house? Yeah. No, it's not very clear about that. So she could have been a swamp monster it for It could a few have been days. years, for all we know. And yet somehow that dress survived. So how do you feel about this dad not recognizing his daughter? Bad. I feel bad about it. It bad. doesn't make sense. I feel a little bad for her. I I feel good if it is in fact a comedic moment where she takes the wedding dress off and is wearing a different dress underneath <laughs> it that just, is the the signifier. Her fancy clothes were really just a body painting. <laughs> <laughs> because that would be a good callback at least. Maybe it's a full body tattoo. Like she got her clothes Yeah, she got her fancy stuff tattooed on her and isn't there like a way to get gemstones surgically implanted into your body. Yeah, probably. Hammer. Yeah. Like she did the, <laughs> she, she did that and she Yeah. What she ended up with like a power pantsuit tattooed on her. Maybe what sh But bedazzled. Yeah, but it was like one of those magic eye tattoos. 
Oh, yeah. So that if so she, that when you looked at her, like, the dress would just come up in 3D. Yeah. She has to keep her legs very close together the whole time. <laughs> and it looks like one of those mermaid dresses. It's an avenue we have not explored very much as a species, I think. Holographic dresses. I was going to say the, the potential for magic eye to be more than it is. To solve many of our uh, fashion problems. Just in general, like... There's got to be something that technology is worth, other than just fun pictures to look at. Spy stuff. Like when I cross my eyes, I see a dolphin in these weird shapes. What if you saw nuclear codes? That's that's one thing. Like maybe Vladimir Putin just like he can't do magic eyes. That's the way <laughs> to keep his keep his grubby mitts off of nuclear weapons. <laughs> and that's and that's how we that's how we one up Russia. We got to start a new cold war for magic eye. Increasingly the, difficult the, magic eyes the, to crack open. It's the new um the new anti espionage technology. You can smuggle codes in magic eye pictures. Nobody knows which ones are for kids and which ones are for spies. Trick question, they're both for both. They're both for both. Kid looks at it, they just see like a whale or something. It's a call to action for a new generation. But that whale is a code. It means leave the briefcase in the airport and leave quickly. It's an activation. It's an activation code. It depends on what kind of whale you see. Just a whole whale-based code. There are a lot of whales. I mean, there's... And there's a whole country. There's blue beluga killer. Gray. That's pretty good two-tier authentication for this code. Do you see, do you see both whales? No, no. There's the sperm whale. The, the first whale. part is that it's a magic eye. The second part is that you need to know what what each whale refers to. <laughs> so even like if one, you see the whale, you don't know what this whale means. Yeah. One, can you do it? Number two, do you know what this whale is and what it does? <laughs> I I think that's being a little generous to whales. There's the big one, which is the blue. There's the beluga whale, which looks funny. And there's the third one that I said. The big, the dead the one. Killer. killer whale, which is more like a shark. And then there's humpback and sperm whales. And those the are, dead one. But those are just smaller blue whales. Uh, sperm whales are very different. They're the same. And they got a whole book dedicated. No, they're the same animal. What's there's the only really f- big dead one? There's blue monstro. <laughs> was is he, monstro dead? Was he dead at the end? No, they just lit a, they just made him sneeze a bunch. Yeah. Yeah. You think he's going to be dead in the live action one, though? <laughs> like <laughs> like a prop? You think? <laughs> no, no. Because that, that's a... Del Toro's involved in the live action Pinocchio. Uh-huh. And, he's, and he's dark. Sure. You think I he's going to kill Monstro? Enjoyed the concern in your voice when you... Over Monstro? Yeah. I'd like to see one. A Monstro? A Monstro-sized whale. What kind of whale is Monstro? I think he's a sperm whale also. But that's not the big one. Isn't there an ancient one? An ancient whale? really, really big? Yeah. There are probably a few. Ancient, yeah, ancient what's, everything What's the one big. that I'm thinking of? It's ancient highly, whale. I don't... <laughs> uh, it's just it called up. ancient whale. Don't... No, we don't have to look it up. We don't have to look it up. We can make things up. We're not bound by facts. You're not. Certainly not. I am arguing for three whales. We are not bound by facts. <laughs> There's no, there's no. You just want to streamline the whale process. There's, there's no reality that can enclose this conversation. We don't need to know. Gordy, can I, can I make you a, a bargain? 
a bargain. A plea bargain. <laughs> yeah, for more whales. Uh, sort of. It's it's gonna it's gonna expand the whale pantheon. <laughs> yeah, but it will it will simplify other aquatic life. Yeah. Okay. Sharks are whales. Sharks Sh- are whales. Shark is the fourth form of whale. <laughs> um, so then we condense all sharks into shark. But shark is now whale. Shark is now whale. Can dolphin just be whale too? Dolphin is shark and by extension <laughs> how about, whale. How about, how about we just have a class of animal called big fish? Directed by Tim Burton. Carmen, as someone who studied marine biology, how do you feel about this conversation? Badly. Anything, anything over a certain... Sharks, like, sharks and whales aren't even like... Anything bigger than a you swordfish. Got, you got mammals and then you got not mammals. Anything bigger than swordfish is whale now. <laughs> like they Carol. share the chordata. Can and swordfish then from there be subshark? I can make up as many words as you can. <laughs> it doesn't can, prove anything. They can don't swordfish even, be a subshark? Yeah, I mean, they're both sharp on the front. They don't even have the same kind of bone, the skeleton. They're sharp. Do we need to differentiate that much? I'm, okay, there's the scientific classification. That's fine. What I want is a customer-facing animal classification system. What does what does the man on the street need to know? Let's improve this user experience. Is it it's a big fish? Is it bigger or smaller than a swordfish? Is we it start a, there. Is it a real big fish? Is it if it you know? <laughs> every once in a while, I'll listen to some real big fish. Is that just code for whale? Um, should they just call themselves whale? They should call themselves whale to streamline the process. But then you wouldn't get. Like that joke in the title of the name because it's spelled R E E L Big Fish. It's pretty good. Yeah, because you reel. That's a good joke. Yeah, you reel a big fish. Um, yeah, I think I don't know what this has to do with the story. We'll tie it in later, but I you think probably won't. <laughs> I think all all big fishes should be under the same the same name. What does it say in the Bible? Is the film Big Fish about a whale? Yeah. Well, I've never seen it. Is is that fish bigger than a swordfish? I don't know. I've never seen it. We'll say yes. It's a good movie. It's, one, it's maybe my favorite Tim Burton movie because he didn't write it. <laughs> and Johnny Depp's not in it, I don't think. No, he's not in it. Um, what I mean to say about this story. Uh-huh, about, by this, about salt, by the way. By this, and salt. Um, big fish live in the ocean. Yeah. The ocean is salty. Yeah. It is the source of all salt. Mm-hmm. We have... We've found our way out of the tunnel. <laughs> I see. I see the light. I'm trying to get there, though. Um, the ocean. The ocean is where all salt comes from. Yep. Fact. And, and it makes fish salty, which you eat. Fact. And if she had served fish, that would be hard to unsalt. They would already be salty, and so it wouldn't work. Unless- just, just like your theory of five that, plus whales doesn't work. That is a great. <laughs> that is a great subversion of the story. <laughs> is that she demands that all of the food be unsalted, but he chooses the fish option. <laughs> like, oh, I'll take the salmon. Do you, do you want surf or I'll turf? Have, I'll <laughs> have the bro eggs. And then, and as soon as the mater d asks, you just the camera zooms into her face, and she's holding her breath because she didn't see this coming. And then he thinks about it, and he goes, "I'll have the halibut." And he goes, "Okay, the non-whale fish." And, <laughs> to, to clarify, sir, you mean the non-whale fish? The non-whale fish, because we do also have dolphin. 
Is tilapia also non-whale fish? Non-whale, smaller than a swordfish. Okay, so... They're just big and so flat, like, right? you're trying to order a fish, and like tilapia and salmon and halibut all taste very different, but all you have to order is non-whale fish. No, There's, this small, is a problem. It's, it's That's a the roulette, first baby. The, okay, this is, what, this is what I'm saying. Customer facing. What do you order in a restaurant? Cod, halibut. Do we eat flounder? Sometimes. Flounder, uh, tilapia. If it's on a menu, it gets a name. <laughs> if you can if you can buy one in a store, it gets a name. If it's bigger than that, it's just a big fish. Do, do we need it? Do we need it or not? How many times have you needed whale in your everyday conversation? The answer is almost none. There's no situation in just like talking to another human being where you have to say whale and you can't just say a big old fish. <laughs> Moby Dick. This is about a man who hates a big fish, <laughs> and he hunts it. It doesn't need to be a whale. It's just a big fish. In, this, this hurts every <laughs> biologist inside in the, of me. In the future, in the future corpocracy, all we're going to need is consumer language. And whale is just not one of them, unless it's for a toy. And then I think, like, big fish toy is fine. <laughs> Yeah, I just I don't I don't see why. Do we need to do this to other animals? Yes, probably. Other Yeah, all the big cats. They're just cats. Doesn't matter which cat. You hear that, Cricket? You just got You're a number. You, you got, got promoted. You got promoted to the same level as lions and tigers and pumas. They're all the same now. Um just like the story, right? Because the, the daughters are all the same. We don't have to differentiate between them. Which true. one fucks a sheep? And uh, it's a middle one. Okay. The middle one. It's an, it's an off-camera scene. It's just heavily implied that that's going on. The middle one is it's tired of like, being ignored. It's like a weird... It's like, it's like Christopher Walken's scene in Annie Hall. It's just like a really weird moment, and then they never talk about it again. Yeah, the middle daughter gets sick of being... Ignored. She thought she had a pretty good answer to her dad. Um, right. But he didn't care that much. He was just mad when someone gave a, rat, a wrong answer. So her little sister still got more attention than she did for her answer. <laughs> I'll show you, Dad. So she goes out into the fields and she finds woolly, woolly love. It's a middle child rebellion. To fill the empty hole um, left by her father. I do. I'm going to salt this meat. Trying to figure out how that would work in an innuendo way. Uh, I do think we could um, we could speculate briefly on the answers of the other two daughters. Yeah, because he he found them satisfactory. Mm -hmm. But how do you think things would have played out if he didn't? Like if he how, how do they out? like how if did, how do they teach the same lesson? Yeah, like if daughter number one says, "I love you more than my own life," and and the guy goes, like, I've seen the kinds of posters you have up in your room. You don't value your own life that much. That doesn't really say anything. I like, hear where, the Lincoln Park where, blaring from your bedroom. Yeah, I can hear the screamo from your room. Where where does the story go from there? She would she would devote her life to a cause. Yeah. Of making the world a better place. Like like Habitat for Humanity. Yeah, yeah, but like times a billion. And then once she's nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize, like everyone gets invited, including her dad. And she talks about how much her life is worth and then says 
I have a terminal illness. And then he realizes what he's about to lose. I was going to say that he give, she gives him the prize instead. She gives him the prize? <laughs> yeah. The prize money for saving the world. That's uh-huh. what we're talking about, right? Sure. What prize? Wait, what's the, the contest? The Nobel Save one. the world. Oh, it's not it's not like one of those like we need to raise exactly twenty three thousand dollars to save the world. Oh look, there's a talent competition with It should be that. Yeah, I think so. And we her should, we should treat the world more like a rec center. <laughs> and, and her um and her her A rec center with very few animal names. Her entry into this talent competition is what? Poetry reading? Sure. Arm wrestling. Arm or arm re- or maybe both. You could you could do an act. Poet- poetry arm wrestling. It's like beat poetry, but you beatier. have to arm wrestle someone at the same time, and if they beat you, then your poem's over. Really, is beat poetry? It is beat poetry, and they get to punch you. So you have to have a good poem and a good right arm. Multi class. What about the middle daughter? Because she said that was the middle daughter. Oh, what no, about wait, the, no, the that middle daughter? Is the world. Wait, yeah, did we figure out the first daughter? We just did. Yeah. The okay. life one. Okay. Well, what else you got? The, the, the middle, middle daughter... daughter becomes the problem threatening the world uh-huh. that the older daughter has to save. We we can synergize because I was going to say that she creates a ring of power. <laughs> <laughs> the middle daughter does. Uh-huh. Yeah. A single ring. Because the, the younger daughter proved her point by taking salt away from meat. Right. The thing that she compared. So yes. if this one loves him better than the world and he kicks and he her out. he does not accept that. She's going to have to destroy the world so that he learns what he lost. It's a wonderful lifestyle. Yeah. But with Sauron. <laughs> a superior film, in my opinion. I would, that would give me the Christmas spirit like nothing else. <laughs> Did we discover Sauron's issue? Yeah, his dad didn't believe him. He has daddy troubles. He does. That is the core of a lot of supervillain issues. I think that's the moral of the story. It's like daddy issues make you a supervillain and ruin food for everybody. Don't test your children. Unless it's for disease. And also make sure that your wife has good taste in food before you marry her based on three dances. Because now this guy is going to live a life without salt. You think you think she's going to continue that? You guys proposed that. I believe that. Did we? Yeah. I do. So <laughs> Did just, I say it? I'm just yes-anding your proposition. Did I say that? I have no idea which one. I believe that she is now stigmatized away from salt. Yeah. She she can't. Mm-hmm. You two are a Voltron of suggestions, so I don't know which one of you made that. She, salt is her, salt is to her as a haircut is to Samson. Yes. Exactly. She can't or she loses her powers. What powers? Man, that would be a good SAT question. Gilly suit. <laughs> would it? Blank is to Kappa Rushes as... Haircut is to Samson. And you're like, you really throw him for a loop. Yeah. Requires very specific knowledge, which we now have. It's a good Mensa admission test question. Those would be fun to write. I think we should do that. Based on this show? Well, not for Mensa. We should write our own test. Our own, ah. 
our own folklore knowledge yeah, society. We should and then send it to BuzzFeed. Do you have the fairy tale smarts? Do you got the fairy tale smarts? You've looked at like 50 different pictures of Belle and Cinderella drawn in different pop culture styles. They're in college now. Yeah, now let's move on to some different folklore. Okay, I think we're <laughs> we're burned out on caparushes. <clears throat> I think this one's sealed up nice and tight. Yep. We have one daughter became Sauron, the other daughter stopped Sauron and won a prize, and the other one doesn't eat salt doesn't ever. eat salt and lets no one around her eat it. And that's how the world is today. Yep. All because one rich guy just wanted to know how much his daughters loved him because he hadn't had his daily validation from an outside source. So that's it for us. Um, find us on the internet in places. Thank you to those of you who have thrown money our way so that we can continue doing this at you aggressively. Links are in places. We like you. It's late. Thank you, Doug. Thanks, Doug. Thanks, Doug. We're what the folklore. That's how it works. This has been What the Folklore. Thanks for listening to our show. If you have any feedback for us, you can leave it either by Gmail or Facebook. Our Gmail account is wtfolklore at gmail.com, and our Facebook page can be found at facebook.com slash wtfolklore. Feel free to send in stories if you have any particularly odd pieces of folklore mythology that you would like to hear us talk about. Special thanks to the Brobdingnagian Bards for the use of their song Happily Ever After from their album Brobdingnagian Fairy Tales.